Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this latest episode as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bash, we'll be answering the question, is a refusal to vote Republican essentially a vote for Democrats? Now, for as long as I can remember, uh, the basic Republican impulse at this point was to suggest that essentially the country is divided into half and, and, you know, half the country is going to always vote Democrat. And so essentially in order for a Republican to actually win, uh, we need basically every single registered Republican to vote. And a, and a failure to vote or a vote for a third party candidate is essentially going to be uh, uh, constitute a vote for Democrats. Now, this kind of uh, calculus was brought to the forefront in terms of um, President uh, George H.W. Bush's uh, second uh, run for president, where he lost to Ross Perot because many people voted third-party candidate. And essentially, many people were persuaded that that vote for the third-party candidate is what lost uh, the presidency for him. Uh, but then, for as long as I can remember, this has been basically the argument. Um, the Democratic Party on the left are basically just literal Nazis. They're demon-possessed individuals who uh, are attempting to you know, destroy our country as fast as they possibly can. And so if you're an individual who cares about that, and if you know what they're planning to do, and if you don't stand in their way of that and and and, um, and vote for the lesser, you know, hold your nose and vote for the lesser of two evils, then essentially what you're doing is you're handing the Democrats the office. Uh, and, and one of the things that's happened over the past few years Years is that 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 the um, level of uh, insanity on the left has just magnified and amplified to the point where now it's just we we are we are obviously just uh, tumbling down. Uh, tumbling down the side of the mountain as fast as we possibly can, uh, awaiting the crash at the end. I mean, the, the, the Democrats on the left are pushing as hard as they possibly can uh, to basically destroy Western civilization at every single level. And, I mean, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, he used to be considered someone who was liberal. And now, if you look back at uh, President Clinton, he seems conservative. Uh, uh, you know, you, you can even think about how far advanced we are in our rebellion at this point when President Obama 
Obama started off his uh, first run for president essentially saying that he believed that marriage was between a man and a woman. And we are so far from that at this point that uh, basically uh, we uh, there's um, like the left is pushing and pushing it's pushing to get as far uh, to push us to, you know, as, as many insane positions as we possibly can. And so what do we make of these things now? Uh, for As I said, though, for as long as I can remember, the the moral uh, voting calculus has always been presented to people that essentially you you know we know that the republicans aren't really they don't really have a spine they aren't really going to do what they promise but uh, but then there's always been this pressure to uh, think you know think about what you're doing uh, because each new election that comes along uh, is basically the entire you know country hangs in the balance and everything else and and so if if you fail to vote, do your part vote Republican, then evil will prevail and good will lose. And, and that's always been the basic moral intuition. Now, one of the things that was uh, remarkable about that basic moral intuition is that I, you know, over the past, I mean, uh, you know, over the past, you know, 20 years or so, as I've been trying to pay attention to these things and even longer, um, even when I was younger, I, I, I remember thinking through these things and thinking that this didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the the uh, example that has always come to my mind is the example of, you know, what do you do if you're uh, forced to choose between Mussolini and Hitler? Who do you pick? And you, know, you might do some cost-benefit analysis and try to figure out, well, you know, maybe Mussolini isn't quite as bad as Hitler. Uh, but then if, if uh, in a high-handed way, you know, the Mussolini party basically put pressure on you and say, if you don't mo- vote for Mussolini, <laughs> that's a vote for Hitler. In a certain sense, it just seems like that's bad logic. That seems to be bad reasoning. That just seems to be not the way uh, things work. I mean, if you're, if all you have is just two terrible options, then what do you do with that? I mean, at a certain point, you, uh, you basically look at that and you say, hey, like, um, maybe it's acceptable morally to say, you know, you need to give me some better options or if you want me to participate in this kind of mess. Now, um, I'm not trying to say that the Democratic uh, Party platform and the Republican platform are equally evil and they're uh, across the board. Essentially, what you have is you have a situation where one platform is uh, essentially the platform of the devil and the other platform is remarkably different than that. Uh, and there's still some problems within the public Republican Party platform, but largely it's a... Um, it's the inverse of the other one. Uh, but then uh, what's happened is that you're, we've been for a while in a situation essentially where uh, you, you can imagine a basketball analogy uh, related to the kind of situation that we've been in. So you can imagine the kind of scenario where you're playing basketball and and um, you know you have the opposing team, and that would be the Democrats who are, are doing everything they can to win and play dirty and foul and everything else. They don't care. They no moral compass. They'll do whatever it takes to win. And then you have individuals on your team who are basically you know want you to keep on coming and back to the game and playing. <laughs> uh, but then you know they they tell you this game's going to be different. This game's going to be different. We're going to try. Yeah, but then when you pass them the ball, they essentially hand the ball straight over to the opposing team and let the other team score and if you watch that happen for years and years and years them just sabotaging the game at a certain point you, you it may dawn on you that this is futile and this is pointless and this is stupid and and I and you may not want to participate in this kind of sham anymore uh, in this kind of uh, pretend scenario where uh, where you're being uh, sold a bill of goods only to be deceived uh, year after year after year after year and essentially that's uh, somewhat comparable to what's happening it what's been happening for a long time 
Now, when the 2016 election came, one of the things that was interesting to me is that this basic moral uh, position that the right has had for a long time, you know, a refusal to vote Republican is essentially a vote for Democrat. All all of a sudden, I mean, you, you, you still have plenty of people who thought that way and they would be what I would describe as the... Uh, you know, the Trump loyalist or whatever else. Uh, they, they, there, there were those who basically, there are many people who couldn't see anything wrong with Trump at all and essentially were playing the party line at that point. And basically, if you're not with us, you're against us. And like, the, you know, the Republican Party is flawed, but you're not, you know, we're not trying to elect a, you know, a pastor in chief or something like that. Uh, but then basically they were looking at that scenario and they were running the same play that has always been run. Like this, the Republicans are our only hope and we got to get the right, you know, Supreme Court justices in office and everything else. And like, it, and it all depends on this. And, 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 and so there, there are plenty of people in that kind of category, but then you had the phenomenon of the never Trumper. Now, um, Part of the problem with the like the never Trumpers, and I would say that uh, originally when when that election uh, started happening, uh, the 2016 ele- election, I, I'll I'll be honest with you, I didn't believe much of what Trump said. I, I looked at him and I I saw him as an individual who, you know, he says a lot of the right things, um, but I didn't believe him. I didn't believe he was gonna you know build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. And you know, wonder of wonders, that ended up not actually happening. Uh, but then. I, I I thought, you know, I, I, some of the things were very clear. He was obviously uh, against the globalism. He, he was obviously Amer- running America first. He obviously believed in that. He obviously wanted America to prosper financially. And so I think um, there's some elements of that that were very good. Uh, but then... Um, but then they were distorted like like a great many things. But then as far as that's concerned, I didn't believe him about abortion. I may have been wrong about that. He may have been more serious about abortion than what I thought. Uh, but I, I didn't really believe him about you know traditional marriage or anything like that. I just saw him as a New York liberal who was basically just a pragmatist to his core. And I found a lot of his uh, pride and his arrogance somewhat off-putting. But then I, I did, I was somewhat entertained by his boldness and his uh, uh, ability to speak his mind and not care so much about what other people thought about him and I, I honestly I didn't know how it would turn out but uh, th- but what I'm trying to say is that there were people in what you might describe as the never Trump kind of movement and I, w- I wasn't in the never Trump movement but I was nervous about voting for him at that point uh, in the 2016 le- election I just saw um, I didn't see it as a wonderful choice I just uh, I, predominantly I saw him as a you know re- reality TV show who you know, art of the deal basically con artist who uh, you know, and a lot of my uh, perspective of him has been vindicated, and some of it needs to change uh, as far as that's concerned. But I, I wasn't just closed off to him fundamentally. Um, now, uh, the problem, though, is you had a lot of like respectable pastors who seemed like for the first time in uh, as long as I could remember, seemed to all of a sudden be pushing on this basic calculus, a refusal to vote Republican is essentially a vote for Democrats. And we're essentially saying, hey, there are lines here. Uh, so there has to be some kind of standard. And maybe we're at that point. Uh, they may not have put it quite like this, but maybe we're in a scenario where, um, you know, what do you do when you have to choose between uh, 
the beast of the great harlot. What do you do when you're choosing between Mussolini and Hitler? And basically, maybe they were questioning. What I saw was a lot of individuals were questioning that basic moral calculus. Now, the problem is, in hindsight, when you're looking back on that kind of election, uh, one of the things to realize is that there, are, like most of the people who were never Trumpers to the core, and they were always going to be never Trumpers, and there's nothing Trump could do that would ever be good enough. What it seemed like was actually happening for those kind of individuals is that they were looking at uh, him. And he was so offensive to everything that they stood for. And the kind of things that they stood for were being nice and being polite and, you know, basically just kowtowing to the left. And like what, what you know, in your standard David French, Russell Moore kind of uh, conservative, uh, never Trumper at that point, you really do have a group of people who by all appearances, by all appearances, just seemed to be in love with the approval of the left. And this was just like this opportunity for them. They were like kids in candy stores. It's like, finally, we can show the left that we're not these horrible monsters like Trump. And then you know, Trump became kind of like the personification of evil for them. And essentially, they, for the first time, could be invited into the cool kids club and could get a pat on the back like they so desperately wanted. And, you know, they were just, you know, the, the dog that was just, uh, you know, waiting all day long for the master to return. Uh, and then, you know, bark, barking his... Uh, uh, barking and wagging his tail when the master gets home and just wanting that pat on the <laughs> on the head. That's essentially how I view many of the evangelical leaders who were persistently never trumpered. I mean, basically all of your, like the vast majority of your blue tr- check Twitter evangelicals, anti-Trump people, that's essentially what it seems like was, uh, was um, happening as far as that's concerned. And so, you know, I thought maybe it was something different at first, but then the more I started to look at it, the more I started to see that this is this is about something different. This isn't about principle. This is about, you know, a, 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 a desperation for the approval of the left. And that seems to be the kind of thing that still carried on. And so when you had an individual like Trump who, who came along and essentially didn't care what the media said, uh, who wasn't just going to apologize after, you know, every single time they call him racist and sexist and everything else. Like, uh, to the evangelical leaders who were, you know, inculcated in this uh, philosophy of, like, in order to win the world, you have to essentially just accept all their basic demands and give them whatever they want and validate their feelings. This was just a, a step-by-step repudiation of all the pragmatism that they embodied at, at every conceivable level. Uh, but then I think that there are still other people who were looking at Trump in that in the beginning in 2016 and just nervous about him. Uh, they weren't the, they weren't in that same kind of category. They're looking at him and saying, "Hey, I just don't believe him," and I don't know what to do when you're in a scenario where you have two choices that just seem horrendous in a variety of ways. Now, looking at the game film, I'll say that. Uh, I think uh, Trump presidency was a mixed bag and, and part of, you know, having the ability to comment on these things now and not commenting on them step by step gives a person a bit more objectivity as far as that's concerned. But uh, there's many things in it, in the presidency that I thought were good. I thought that um, uh, some of the primarily good things was that God used a brash, arrogant, self-centered, uh, egotistical man to essentially... Um, uh, uh, start, I think, a populist movement and uh, that I think is a reaction to the left. I think a lot of the things that you're seeing right now uh, is uh, largely signs of health. He seemed, uh, just a little bit of courage seemed to go a long way. He emboldened a lot of people to be um, 
um, uh, to have more courage and to be more courageous and to stop caring so much about what um, these um, sycophantic uh, leaders think about them and think yeah, care so much about what the left thinks about them. And so I think that there's a lot of good that came. You know, God obviously can use a crooked stick to draw a straight line, uh, uh, to use the old preacher metaphor, even though, you know, it, anyone could take a crooked stick and draw a straight line with it because you... You know, like the only thing that's actually touching the ground is the tip. But, <laughs> but leaving that aside, that I mean, just uh, you know, not being overly literalistic. God can use a fallen, corrupt individual to accomplish some good. I think one of the main things that I look back and I think that the main, like the best thing that Trump did was he um, essentially he. Um, he declared war on critical race theory. If I think if there's anything good about that, it was that. Uh, it was amazing to watch, like, uh, you know, the snake oil salesmen, like the BD and, you know, all them who basically, were, you know, for years and years, it's like critical race theory. It doesn't exist. It's a, you know, it's a figment of your mag- imagination and it's a boogeyman, whatever. Like, it's not real. You guys just see it under every rock. But then, right when Trump took a stand there, all these, you know, race baiting evangelical leaders immediately all of a sudden they changed their tune and and it was like yes critical race theory is okay and so i think that decision really unmasked many of these um compromised uh evangelical leaders at that point uh, but then this is all uh i mean i i, I think there, there are other positives there too i think there's some negatives in that you know obviously trump was an egotistical maniac and it got tiresome listening to him brag about himself on almost every single interview that he ever did i i i do blame him for locking us down for a year no doubt uh uh he did so with uh um uh, you know, uh, with all the dire predictions and he was manipulated and he was used as a tool or whatever else. Uh, but I do blame him for locking us down for a year. That was uh, wrong. That was the wrong decision to make. And it uh, really was a bad decision. Whatever good economy he built, he destroyed by making that kind of decision. Also, um, although I understand, uh, I'm not unsympathetic to, um, the nature of the delusion that swept through all of us i would still i still blame him for that i still blame him for vaccine pushing um as far as that's concerned um and so uh, there's i mean his presidency was a mixed bag i think there were some good things about it i think he gave a lot of people courage uh in his own flawed way took a stand on critical race theory uh he um i don't know i the Time will tell about whether or not the, the Supreme Court justices he picked are actually good choices. I mean, I, they, looking at them now, they look to be a bit of squishes, uh, just typical Republican spineless, you know, uh, morons who um, who um, basically uh, don't know how to take a stand on basically anything. But I mean, truth, time will be told on that. I think he um, he obviously wasn't a fiscal conservative by any reasonable. <laughs> Sure, <laughs> as far as that's concerned, and and so I don't know. I don't the the I, I think that was a mixed bag. Uh, but I would say that I saw enough positive signs to go ahead and vote for him in 2020, even though I was reluctant to do so in 2016. Uh, but then uh, just revisiting this basic question: Is there a refusal to vote Republican essentially a vote for Democrats? I've never been persuaded by that kind of moral argument, and I, I think um, the way I view the Republican Party is that they're just like a 
they're like an abusive uh, boyfriend or something like that who makes all these promises and then you know I'll never hit you again baby you know and then you take him back each year and then he hits you again and it's like well uh, you know it's like well I mean at least you have a boyfriend to protect you from uh, from the Gestapo or whatever else which is the left and and, and, and I think essentially that's the kind of calculation that most people are making in, in making uh, in voting for the Republican Party they're essentially choosing between the abusive boyfriend and then the you know the psychotic maniac who wants to sterilize you and kill you and put you in a gas chamber and it's like well at least he'll protect you from that maybe somewhat uh, but then you know I don't know that he's even doing that all that much he takes his turn on you and and maybe what he does like takes his turn beating you a few times and then he'll he'll um you know he'll keep the gestapo from absolutely killing you maybe but he'll let them you know beat you a little bit too uh, but in you know moderation and so I think, I think when you look at that kind of scenario um uh, i don't know uh, you know I, i'm not i'm not trying to uh, suggest that my in, insider observations at that point are are perfectly accurate but there's many people who think about it that way and then you he, he might wonder like at a certain point it's just like um what is the right thing to do in that kind of scenario if i if i should i take back the abusive boyfriend each time he asks or do i just basically say hey enough is enough you know uh i don't need you anymore i'll just look to god to protect me from these psychopaths on the left and uh you can you know take your protection and you know go somewhere else like if if people aren't going to give me a better option then i'm not going to keep on taking the abusive boyfriend kind of option and it seems to me that 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 is a valid moral calculus, uh, and that is a strategic kind of thing to do. If, if you know, if the evangelical church would be able to stand together and basically say, "Hey, you give us men with courage and conviction and integrity, or we're not going to vote," it may be that yeah, you have a few you know years of disaster, uh, but you might get something better on the other end of it if they realize that they can't just lie to you nonstop and you'll keep on taking it over and over and over again. Uh, now the problem is that we have so many um, feckless people on both sides that you know strategically will it work I don't know and like the, the reality is that there's not enough people with the kind of moral clarity necessary just to stand on their convictions and say that and so then you're in a situation where essentially you know like you're just you, you're doing the best you can to choose between the abusive boyfriend and the Gestapo what are you going to do you know and I understand I don't blame people for basically feeling that way i mean i didn't vote for trump in 2016 but then uh you know as the the night dawned on me i I thought trump would win i was pretty confident that he would win but i was actually pretty surprised about how relieved i actually felt um when uh hillary lost uh but you know i don't know i don't know what the end result of all that would have been if the other side would have happened and you're you, you know the left is so insane at this point that i i don't you know i don't i don't know what to make of it all uh but then uh i i'm not persuaded that a, a refusal to vote republican is essentially a vote for a democrat and i'm not suggesting i have the right answers about what to do i just would tell you that um there's plenty of times in life uh in the bible uh where like from a biblical perspective you know, if you're at a church and they're going to uh, basically, uh, you know, they're voting on who's the next pastor or whatever, and they put before you two women candidates, then I think as a church member, you say, hey, we're not voting on either one of these. You better give us a qualified candidate. And there is a kind of scenario like that in public um, 
uh, in terms of elections to where like if, if someone is going to give you two horrible choices, then you just cast yourself on the mercy of the Lord. And whatever we do, if we learn anything from, from the past uh, eight years, the past 12 years, the past you know couple decades, we learn anything, it's just God's going to have to do a mighty work and send revival and our hope can't believe in a political process. These political leaders have failed us. There, there is no political solution to this. Uh, we need repentance. Uh, we need uh, we need Jesus to do a mighty work and save a great many people. And 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 if we would spend much more of our time trying to evangelize people and make disciples and be bold and courageous and stand firm, it might be that there's help for us in other ways than we might actually think. But we need something massively different than what we're getting uh, uh, in either one of these parties. Uh, in order to really stay the hand of God's judgment. Uh, uh, we need to be praying for a nation. God has to do a work. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. <laughs>